This is episode 704 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, bartering during hard economic times. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Guys, I also want to uh, just remind you that I am doing a uh, new service. I've just started a new service probably about four weeks into it now. It's uh, the top 10 on Prepper website. And so this is something that people have wanted for a while. But for $5 a month, I'll send you the top 10 articles of the week. I'll send that to you in a nice newsletter. And uh, that is over at, uh, if you want some more information, over at buymeacoffee.com. And uh, my uh, social media post over there. You can go check those out. I have a link in the show notes if you are interested in that. And so the other day or the last episode, I guess, um, it seems like it was the other day. Uh, the days are passing really fast, right? I talked about a new project that I was working on and I finally finished it. I'm so excited about it. So with my connection to the preparedness community and also my connection to ministry, I put together a small group video based Bible study called Is Preparedness Biblical? Now, this is perfect for small groups who want to look at scripture and also learn about preparedness and how to get prepared. The small group study comes with a leader, leader's guide and complete with two sets of discussion questions for each session. So there's Bible study questions that can be asked and discussed, and there's preparedness questions that I provide that can be uh, asked and discussed as well. So I've also included uh, preparedness-based icebreakers so that you can get your group going and get them talking, and especially other resources, uh, you know, as, uh, as I thought that they were valuable to the specific lesson. So if you're interested in starting a small group for your friends, or if this is something maybe that your church is looking to do, maybe they're always looking for some kind of curriculum to do, this is very, very affordable. I'm not trying to get rich here. I just wanted to provide a way where uh, someone could lead a small group, uh, look at the Bible, because I think that's very important, and that's very important for me, but then also talk about preparedness and why you should be prepared. And so I do have a link in the show notes if you are interested in going to uh, go, go take a look at that. Or if you want to let somebody at your church know, or even if you just want to gather some friends and go through it, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. And so uh, again, the link is in the show notes. So let's go ahead and jump into our episode. So every society hit with hard economic times seems to eventually incorporate a bartering system. This happens through the network and entrepreneurship of individuals at first, but then by those who need to acquire the necessities for their families. Now, if your area ever encounters hard economic times and fiat money seems to be worthless or non-existent, will you be able to survive in a barter economy? I actually have two articles for you uh, in this episode. The first one comes to us from the Organic 
prepper. And uh, this was written by Jose, who, uh, if you remember in the past, I've read articles uh, that he has written over at the Organic Prepper. So Jose is from Venezuela, who where Venezuela has basically the economy has collapsed. And at one point he had left and then he had he, he's come back to Venezuela. And I, I think it's very, uh, very important. At one point, maybe it, it'd be good to be able to talk to him about this. But I think he's come back because of the support system of his family or he was in another country. And although he had his family with him, I mean, his wife and, and his kids, uh, he came back to Venezuela so that he could be around his his the rest of his family, right? His extended family, and so I thought that's very telling. That's a very uh, important concept and uh, something. It's not the the purpose of this episode, but something to put in the back of your head when you're going through these times. I think the support of you know your extended family, the support of really close friends, is going to be really important. But the topic of this. This article, uh, or actually the title of this article, is Bartering, Could You Live Without Money? And so I thought it was uh, really interesting. And so talking uh, about this, looking into this, I remembered an article that I wrote on Prepper website. Actually, it's been years ago now, but I think it's still really relevant. And I wanted to incorporate that article into this as well and then come back at the end to just give a little bit of commentary. So again, this is by uh, Jose Martinez, and it's over at theorganicprepper.com. So let's go ahead and jump into this first article. Could you live without money? Imagine the struggles of living day to day with little to no money. One of my Patreon subscribers recently sent me a video link of one man who lives without money, Mr. Boyle. The man who started it as an experiment has lived somewhat comfortably by bartering. So there's a link to that video, guys, and uh, it's a really short video. It's not very long. But it's interesting that uh, that this guy uh, has lived this way and uh, why he does it. All right, so before watching the video, I thought to myself, this guy is merely using excess resources tossed out by the wealthy to make a frugal living. My reasoning for this is there is usually excess prosperity in wealthy societies in the developed parts of the world. Here in South America, it's unlikely anyone will throw out a chair in perfect shape. Perhaps sell it or gift it, but leaving it out for the garbage truck to haul away is very rare. Since the invention of money, people have looked for the means to attain it. Mr. Boyle has an interesting point of view, even philosophically speaking. He believes most people refuse to accept the necessary connection to nature for even the most basic yet vital needs, such as drinking water. Mr. Boyle feels the modern ways we get our staples, groceries, and whatever we need to live more or less decently have to change. In the book Collapse, How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed by Jared Diamond, I read a substantial industrial age egg producer in Australia sent production hundreds of kilometers away so the product would pass through a quality control process and receive an ink mark. I can hardly find any justification for this and feel it is highly inefficient. And the consumer pays the price for decisions made such as this, not the producers. My point is we have the resources necessary to put to good use empty inner city buildings that currently waste space. Next to our home, a large property has a few corn plants, but most of its 2,500 square meters or 16,000 square feet are empty. This property is in the center of the town. In the right hands, the property could be a production center with tilapia ponds, uh, beans, greens, rabbits, and poultry. Sadly, the property owners don't have that intention. They bought the property to hold it until it increases in value. They will sell it in the future for several times the original value. 
even though no one made the necessary service upgrades to the property. Sure, this is a common practice for those with money in hand. However, doing so creates a shortage of living space, especially in little towns like this one. This little town where I was born produces tons of cattle. By extension, there's a potential leather products industry. I never understood why no one developed it. Maybe the scale would be small at first, but indeed, the potential exists. So how about creating a local system where only the exchange rate among different products is necessary? For example, let's say someone produces tilapia at small-scale commercial levels. Another person grows fruits or vegetables. Yet another, another produces eggs and dairy. Instead of subjecting that to a monetary conversion process, a bartering system could be achieved using modern software and interconnection. Under the proper conditions, with a bit of trial and error, the advantages would surely outweigh the disadvantages. For instance, in our locality, white cheese price varies depending on the rains. Rain makes the pastures grow, which means more for the cows to feed on, which leads to increased milk production. However, too much milk means a loss for the cheesemakers. They lower the price to sell it faster because they need the space in their fridges and shelves. This practice hasn't changed in centuries. Some merchants and producers barter cheese with a solid sugar cane juice block called panela, brown sugar loaf, used as a sweetener since colony times. The panela producers exchange this for plantains and eggs, chickens, and so on. Obviously, this is much easier in small towns. In the larger cities, monkey business and roadblocks interfere. Much of the producers' items are donated to the guys in uniform. That's quote-unquote donated to the guys in uniforms. Roughly 25% arrive in the city. So I'm in a creative state of mind these days. I came up with the idea of a stock exchange and, and an old-fashioned BBS board accessible by landlines. I know this sort of mechanism was in place in several cities in the United States many decades ago for farm production. Mind you, the Spaniards' approach is quite different. It seems they didn't have the concept of demand and offer to make that mechanism work. I have slowly started to understand many events of the history of what once was the Spanish Empire, and I associate it with the corresponding mess they left in every country that was a colony. After a couple of months living in such a small community, I realized there isn't even the need to use the internet for local businesses. Just a ham network, for instance, for those producers without a landline, and a BBS text-based system should be enough. These would be a platform for local goods exchange. The cost of running it would be minimal. The technical resources are there and don't seem as vulnerable. Landline technology has been there long enough to be perfected. When we have power grid failures, the phone landlines keep working. So what would happen if the Great Reset shuts down the internet for an unknown period? I get paid through the internet, so that means I'd be screwed unless I get my land to produce what we eat and sell the remaining. Following my example then, a leather producer should be able to exchange some of their products for things like shoes, an on-demand subscription for the weekend market, butchery, poultry, and groceries, all of this based on an exchange rate, excluding the need for the currency conversion. I know how this sounds, and it's something utopic to think that in a city, things are going to change in the near future. For those who live in urban areas, sustainable production of some sort of goods, though challenging, can be achieved. The experiences with vertical industrial gardening in nearby facilities seems to be working, but the investment amounts are massive, and I find the high degree of technology that appears to be involved hazardous. 
I can't say for sure if your UV growing lights come from 5,000 kilometers away. Well, I won't bet on that game. It's pretty important to notice, and this is something I've been repeating already several times because the difference in, is huge, that small towns are less troubled in some areas than medium or big cities. I mean, cities with populations over 400,000 or 500,000 are prone to much deeper troubles in certain areas than in our town, far from those numbers. Therefore, bartering there is possible, but with entirely different items. I have seen some people exchange party dresses for car parts, for instance. There is the opportunity to do good business for those with that ability. This article from a couple of years ago gives a good idea of how bartering works in Venezuela. And if you want to know what a real-world experience with trade in a dangerous situation looks like, read this article by Selko. You can read another good piece about bartering by Selko here, Selko's Guide to What You Should Really Store for Trade and Barter. An official article about a shy attempt proposed by the Socialist Party was born dead. Perhaps it was more of a smoke bomb to fool the followers rather than a really serious project. However, producers, technicians, merchants, and the general public could make this initiative work. Essentially, those keeping the network flowing would have a subscription allowing them their part of the groceries and leather boots for their kids in the rainy season, for instance. Kiddo tells me he wants to learn how to make old-style boots, use them in our cabin in the mountains, and not ruin his sneakers. I'm thinking of asking my mom to teach Kiddo to knit when she's 100% recovered, COVID attacked our sacred home this last couple of weeks. In the following article, I will detail what we've gone through. We're going to need socks in a short while, and I'm not eager to spend my hard-earned money on the soccer-kind socks, neither. My son is slowly changing his approach and learning that he can be a producer rather than a consumer, and another victim of the rat race. For me, this is quite an achievement already. Stay safe, people, and thanks for reading. All right, so again, guys, that's over at The Organic Prepper, and there's a lot of links here that you can go and, and click on and uh, go to some of the other things that he was talking about. Now, he was talking about an exchange and uh, a subscription service, but one of the things that I remember looking into, so again, uh, looking into uh, Fernando Aguirre's version of an economic collapse. So we, we have, you know, Jose talks about the collapse in Venezuela. Fernando talks about the collapse in Argentina. Selko talks about the collapse in Bosnia. And so they're very different situations. And we've got to remember that there's not a, uh, when an economy collapses, it doesn't look the same everywhere. There's going to be some, um, you know, some, some uh, similarities, but there's going to be a lot of differences as well, depending on where you are, depending on, I do agree, like if you're in a smaller town versus a bigger town, but even in a bigger town. So in Argentina, when the first economic collapse happened, there was a big barter system put into place. And so this next article, and this is one that I wrote, uh, like I said, years ago, it's over on, on Prepper website. It's called How Preppers Can Thrive in a Barter Economy. And so one of the things is uh, that I link to is this video of the way that this company or the way that this country bartered, right? And so there's this one uh, big place where there is an exchange, but it isn't a subscription service. It's you buy into these trading notes. And so it's easier to, to so you're not outright bartering with someone saying, hey, I'm going to give you five candy bars for, you know, whatever, right? You, you're exchanging these notes 
kind of like bank notes, but they're barter notes. And they use those to be able to get what they needed. And so basically it looks like a big flea market with booths and tables and people all over the place. I would highly recommend that you go and take it, take a look at it. So I want to read this one really quickly and go through this one. And then, like I said, I'm going to come at the end with just some ideas because uh, I think we can start to really plan and think about this even now. So again, uh, this is coming to us from um, Prepper website, How Preppers Can Thrive in a Barter Economy. And so let's jump into this one. For a few years now, the preparedness community has been pointing to the economic issues of Venezuela and asking the public to take a good hard look at what is coming on. Our hearts go out to those who are suffering and at the same time, our minds consider what we would do if we found ourselves in the same predicament. One thing that we can definitely learn is how the people have adapted and found ways to continue living. One major way that the people are surviving is through creating a barter economy. The troubles that the people of Venezuela are going through are horrible and in all reality really shouldn't be happening. Venezuela has a tropical climate and is an oil producing country. They should at least be growing their own food in the countryside. This would help those who are starving. But those in power, the elite, don't care about the common people and make it hard on them at every turn. While the elites have access to the food, medicine, and all the power they want from their electric grid, the common people have had to make do with what they can scrounge. One major way that the people of Venezuela are making do is by bartering. Recently, an article on Reuters discussed how people were bartering for important needs. Quote, there is no cash here, only barter, said Miledi Lovera, 30 years old, walking along the shore with a cooler of fish that her husband had caught. She hopes to exchange it for food to feed her four children, or medicine, or medicine to treat her son's epilepsy. In the hyperinflationary South American country, where banknotes are as difficult to find as chronically scarce food and medicine, Venezuelans are increasingly relying on barter for basic transactions. Payment for even the cheapest of goods and services would require unwidely piles of banknotes, and there simply are not enough of those in circulation, end quote. Could you imagine having to barter for food and medicine for your kids? This is something that most Americans today can't even wrap their heads around. Many will say that it couldn't happen here. I highlighted some of the pain that Venezuela, Venezuelans were going through in this article. This is why we prep. This is why we stay aware. So there's a link to that article there. Make sure you watch the embedded video. That video is heart-wrenching. If you have kids, it will be enough to get you to rethink your preps. But Venezuela isn't the only country where this has happened. Back in August 2015, I linked to this article on Prepper website, Greece reverts back to a barter economy as global financial systems unravel. In this article by Natural News, the pain of economic collapse and the need for bartering in Greece was also being discussed. Quote, Greece's finances and its national economy have both deteriorated so dramatically that now average citizens are being forced to do something they haven't had to do since the country was occupied by Nazi Germany, barter for their basic needs and essentials, end quote. And if you've been in the preparedness community for any amount of time, you are familiar with Fernando Furfala Aguirre. He wrote about his experiences of the economic collapse in Argentina in his very popular book, The Modern Survival Manual, Surviving the Economic Collapse. Argentina hasn't really recovered from their collapse many years ago. This video discusses one barter market club that is located in an abandoned textile factory. Again, I have this video here in this article so you can go check it out about what the barter economy looks like. 
But the thing is, every economy has collapsed at one point or another. People who believe that it can't happen in the United States of America are not critically thinking. It is a possibility. The economic fundamentals of the 2008 crash haven't changed. In fact, the powers that be printed even more money. We are even in more debt. Many say we have an economic system that is not sustainable. Could an economic collapse happen here? If it did, after your preps are used up, what would you do? Could we get to the point where we have to barter to meet our everyday needs? If so, what are some things that you should consider if or when we get there? So focus on skills versus stuff. Many articles will discuss items that you can stockpile. Although there are items that make sense to stockpile, eventually what you have stockpiled will run out. Instead, consider what skills you have to barter. For example, can you teach a skill like canning or cooking from scratch? Food staples will be more readily available than the processed food many are used to buying at the grocery store and fast food. And although many in the preparedness community know how to can and cook from scratch, your common everyday American doesn't. They wouldn't know what to do with flour, eggs, and a little oil. Can you make home or vehicle repairs? Do you manufacture pieces that may be needed for repair? Can you grow fruit and vegetables and gather the seeds to sell? Do you sew, knit, and repair clothing? Think through what you can do. Many skills that preppers have are taken for granted by others. The skills that you have that seem like common sense to you could keep you and your family fed in hard times. Like in Venezuela, or here's the the second point, is necessities are important, but so are our wants. Like in Venezuela, people are bartering for needs. The important things that are sought right now seem to be food and medicine. But at some point, people will be wanting a taste of their former life. They will want something that reminds them of the life they had. It could be as simple as a piece of chocolate or a nice new dress. The important thing here will be timing, security, and perception. Selko, who experienced living through a true SHTF situation when Bosnia collapsed, wrote, When SHTF people were in hard situations, of course, and some habits or rituals from normal life gain even much more importance. I mean when everything falls apart around you, to have some special moment with your family, with coffee, becomes even much more important. As a result, coffee was very valuable. I mean very, very valuable. Even some poor substitutes for coffee were very important and valuable. Same was with cigarettes. So so depending where you live, check for those things and have it in your storage. It can be coffee, cigarettes, tea, or beer. So check out what Fernando says about bartering in his video below. So Fernando did a a pretty good video. And again, this is uh, dated, but uh, still relevant. So go check that out. That's linked here. So understand that economic collapse doesn't mean SHTF. Many prepper fiction novels eventually get to a point where there is a barter economy or the characters visit a trading post. For instance, a trading post plays a prominent role in Mark Goodwin's series Seven Cows, Ugly and Gaunt, a post-apocalyptic saga of America's worst nightmare. In the novel, the characters use silver to purchase the necessary items to survive and make life easier. Goodwin's novel is a post-apocalyptic EMP story. The poop has really hit the fan in this one. But in real-world scenarios like in Venezuela, Greece, and Argentina, the fabric of society is still intact. Society hasn't unraveled like it did for Selko in Bosnia. In those countries, people still go to work if they have a job. They go to school, and life goes on, although it really sucks. In these cases, bartering will be a little easier, safer, 
and more readily available as society is intact. So if you stockpile items, stockpile items people really want. If you're going to stockpile items for an eventual barter economy, make sure you stock items that people really need. The list of barter items that articles have mentioned over the years are numerous. Some ideas are food, coffee, alcohol, batteries, cigarettes, and hygiene products. A while back, I did a video for my Prepper Church account on YouTube on three items to stockpile. Even if the poop doesn't hit the fan, you won't regret it. So there is a link to that video as well. Consider the space that you will use to stockpile barter items. Lastly, another barter consideration you will have to think about is space. Preppers are always needing more space to stash their preps. Anything extra that you stockpile for a possible bartering economy shouldn't take up the bulk of your space. So as you consider items to stockpile, you should think about items that are necessary but might not take up a lot of space. Referring back to Mark Goodwin's book mentioned above, one thing the main characters looked for were canning lids and rings. They don't take up a lot of space and in a real collapse situation, they will be really worth it. You know, guys, when I was preparing for this this episode and I read that, I had to just chuckle a little bit because that is one of the topics that comes up in our uh, in our email group. And when we meet online, you know, on t- every other Tuesday at, uh, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, we're talking about lids. People are like, I can't find lids. And uh, somebody will say, hey, I found lids over here or, or check this store or check that, you know, different things like that. And uh, it's it's funny, you know, because even now it's hard to find canning lids. And so I I think that's uh, that was really interesting. When uh, I, again, like I said, I had to chuckle when I was uh, reading that because we're already feeling that uh, need to to stockpile lids. All right, so barter economy will it be a necessity? It is said that necessity is the mother of invention. If we ever get to a point where a barter economy is the way goods and services are exchanged, things will come together. But those who are prepared ahead of time, those who have thought about all of this, will be in a place where they can quickly move to make decisions that will benefit themselves and their families financially. So are you going to wait till there is a collapse before you prepare? Or does it make sense to put a little thought into what bartering might look like in the future? All right. So that is the article over at Prepper website. So I wanted just to talk a little bit about just some ideas when we're thinking about bartering. And I don't know, they might be a little surprising to you, all right? So first of all, a warning. And this recently came up in the Facebook group. I don't spend a whole lot of time there, but uh, every once in a while I'll go pop in and someone had posted that they had a bunch of Bic lighters, like like cases of Bic lighters, cases and cases. So I want to warn you, when you're talking about stockpiling, don't stockpile a ton of one thing. So again, like this guy, he had cases and cases of Bic lighters. And maybe in his mind, I think he was moving and trying to get rid of them. In his mind, he was thinking, okay, when the poop hits the fan, people are going to need to make fire. And so I'm going to stockpile all these Bic lighters because, you know, people won't know how to use a fair seam rod. They won't know how to rub two sticks together, you know, uh, uh, whatever. You know, they won't know how to do all those things that you know, preppers know how to, how to start fire. And so, you know, maybe that was his thinking and you can stockpile a lot of lighters, you know, in a, in a small space. And that was one thing that Selko, I remember Selko, uh, reading about, uh, what he did. Um, he learned how to fill up lighters using propane. So I know that he may, he manufactured some way to be able to do that. 
and people needing Bic lighters might be something necessary if we were like in a complete SHTF situation and we were like in The Walking Dead. I mean, people might want some Bic lighters for convenience, right? But in the situation like we were reading about in Greece, in Argentina, and Venezuela, that's, that's not necessarily the case. They're not in that collapse society. So people are going to look at your Bic lighters and they're going to like, eh, I'll pass on that. I need something, you know, something more specific. I need something more important, something more valuable, right? Or buying a bunch of cheap knives because everyone's going to need a knife, right? And so you go buy this, you know, a case of cheap knives so that you can trade them out. And it's like, well, no, and people, there's plenty of knives out there. People will make do with that. You need to be thinking about beyond that if you're thinking about bartering. And so this is where, you know, when I talk about having a side hustle or a micro biz for preppers, and I, and I say, man, that is so important nowadays. You have to have multiple streams of income. This is where that aspect comes into play during uh, like when you start to barter and you start to, to this bartering economy because you will have skills and let's just say you are making things or or whatever it might be you have skills uh, that you can get out there and not only that you are building relationship relationships and you are um, get, you know people are starting to trust you and know who you are and you are learning this valuable skill of being able to interact with other people and deal with other people and sell items and and maybe even possibly trade. So when we're talking about bartering, it was really nice if there was this big uh, flea market type thing where you could go and you, you're able to barter or a trading post like I read in in the article like you know Mark Goodwin had in his in his book. It's really nice to have that, but if you don't have that. Um, you still might need to be able to um, to barter and people are going to you need to have those connections. So people will people are not going to trust. Like, for instance, when I get rid of something on Craigslist or I put something up on the Nextdoor app and uh, I'm selling something, you know, because going through the garage, I'm like, I don't need this anymore. I'm going to go ahead and and put it up and see if anybody wants to buy it. Like people are very wary of, of each other. So I, I mean, I always meet someone at a, you know, at a, another location. So I'll, I'll meet them at a, like a, uh, you know, a corner store or whatever, where there's a lot of people. And so recently I sold an item where I know that it was a woman that, you know, was contacting me, but she brought along somebody else because you know, they don't know who I am and I don't know who she is. And so, you know, it's like we're, we're in this uh, public area because we don't trust each other. But in a bartering economy, the more people that you know and the more people that trust you, the easier that it would be for you to go ahead and barter and, and trade things out. So I think, you know, it's one of those things where you're building relationships. So for instance, um, the other day I was talking to my neighbor and just in talking with him, he was sharing with me some people that have done work for him on his house that in the future I'm going to wind up using. And because I trust my neighbor and he trusts the guy who did the work and he did a really good job for him, I'm going to go on that recommendation. And so I've also gone on the recommendation, like I've gone on, uh, again, I'm not a very big fan of F Facebook and a lot of the other social medias, but I do go on there. I am a member of my local community, my neighborhood group, 
And when people need something, they'll post in there, hey, uh, I'm looking for a plumber. Or in the Nextdoor app, someone will say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, somebody who can paint or someone who could do lawn work or whatever. And so you know, recently I found a plumber on the Nextdoor app who came very highly recommended and I've used them for three jobs, you know, in the past couple of years. And so I, you know, my neighbors are recommending someone I'm that, that they have uh, done work with. Actually, there was a guy who did some remodeling for me and, uh, you know, I found him on the Nextdoor app because people had recommended him. And so just I think that's uh, important where you're starting to get the word out. People are starting to know you. You're starting to 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 share with other people what you are capable of doing, your skills or, you know, what you sell. Maybe you make something that you're able to sell. Maybe you fix something. There is a guy in my neighborhood who uh, fixes small engines. He does small engine repair. And so if I ever needed a small engine repaired, I would go to that guy. I mean, a lot of people have recommended him and, you know, the, you know a lot of people have said, hey, he's a really good guy. He does really great work and he just loves doing it. You know, doesn't charge a lot, blah, blah, blah. And so you get this word of mouth going on where people that in your local uh, neighborhood, your local area begin to know you and begin to trust you. And so if there ever was that time where you needed to barter, where you needed to trade things out, where you needed to barter for services or whatever it might be, then that is there. You know, one of the things that um, Fernando was recently talking about, he he recently talked about things that were um, happening, and I can't remember in Argentina or Venezuela, but one of the things that he said, and I think that, I think it was Argentina. He was talking about how bad the the economy was getting over there again, but this time the difference is people are using the internet to barter and to trade and to do different things like that. So again, you you need to um, be careful. You need to be smart about that. But that might be uh, a way that is helpful. If the fabric of society has not completely collapsed, you still have that available to you to be able to get the word out, to be able to find what you need. I know I already mentioned this in the article that I read from Prepper website, one of the things when you're thinking about bartering and maybe you're thinking about stockpiling items, think about what other people really need. And I, I think that's important, right? So again, going back to the Bic lighter example or going back to, you know, hey, I'm going to go buy all these cheap knives because someone, you know, people will need, you know, knives or whatever to survive the zombie apocalypse. Uh, no, think about what people would really, really need. So for instance, let's just say that, again, we are, the fabric of society is still intact and we're just, people are falling on hard economic times. Um, let's just say that medicine is hard to come by like it is in Venezuela, but people are still getting sick or people are wanting to, uh, you know, help their family members because um, they have a cold or whatever it might be. Think about how valuable it would be if you were someone who knew how to work with uh, natural medicine, right? You knew how to deal with herbs. You, you knew how to deal, uh, how to make tinctures. You knew how to make those different kinds of things so that when, you know, things like this happen, you know, we got into cold and, and or allergy season or whatever, you were able to help people. You're able to make a, you know, um, an allergy uh, 
uh, rollerball, right? So you're able to, you, you make, you use a little bit of uh, essential oils with a carrier oil and you make this rollerball that's able to, to help you survive, you know, the allergies and open up your, your, your sinuses and things like that. I mean, uh, we do that, right? And so how helpful would it be for someone who's suffering from allergies who don't have uh, the, the medicine that they normally take to be able to help them breathe a little bit? And so, okay, maybe it's hard to find alcohol, but really in collapsed societies, there's always going to be alcohol around there. Eventually, someone will start to make alcohol in moonshine or whatever. And I believe I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not an expert in it, but I believe you could start to use some of that for tinctures as well. Um, you know, I'll just kind of leave it there. Maybe somebody can, can uh, respond and, and leave me a comment and let me know if that's something that can happen. So you have something like that, right? You, you know how to work with natural herbs. You're growing them. You're able to dry them out. You're able to help other people make teas and tinctures and help them to get over some of their uh, ailments that they might have. What about gardening and starting se just starting seedlings? So you know people who are who eat those uh, yogurt cups all the time, right? And so you're like, hey, can will you save me your yogurt cups? And you, you get a whole bunch of them. You're drilling some holes for drainage. And then you're, you're doing seedlings, right? You're creating seedlings to be able to trade and barter. You know, I, there is a, a place by my house where it's kind of like a big flea market. It's not a bartering thing or anything like that, but it's a big flea market where you can go and um, people just kind of set up. And the last time I was there, it was a long time ago, but there was a guy selling seedlings, you know, and he had them all different kinds. He had tomato plants. He had, I mean, everything was there. And so that was something that he was doing to make a little bit of extra money. Think about if you were bartering. Again, people, you know, people don't know how to garden. A lot of the times we take that for, for granted. We know how to do that. But there's a lot of people that don't even know where they would go. What about baking bread or just baking a cake and baking and baking bread? I mean, people go to the grocery store. They make, you know, they buy their bread. They don't know how to make bread. And so, you know, or even making a cake, maybe there was a special occasion and someone was celebrating a big birthday or maybe there's a wedding and they're wanting something, you know, a, a, a wedding cake or a birthday cake. And you're, you know how to do that completely from scratch, right? Not with the little Pillsbury box or whatever. You're able to do that completely from scratch and you're able to trade that or barter that off. I mean, right? I mean, you, can you see that? I mean, I definitely could see that. What about charging power tools with your solar panels? So let's just say we got into a situation where uh, let's say the grid was down and you really, you know, people had power tools, but they had no way to charge them. But you have solar panels and you have a way to be able to charge that, uh, charge them up. So you're like, you would say, hey, I will charge your 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 battery up for you in exchange for whatever it might be, you know, and so you have that ability to do that. It might take you a couple of days, but it would be very valuable to these people, possibly. I don't know. And so that might be something that, that you do. What about sharpening tools? Like right now, I can take any tool that I have to, uh, and a lot of people use this service at the hardware store, at the local hardware store. It's not a, it's a, a local one. It's not a Home Depot or a Lowe's or anything. And they take whatever it is and they can get it, um, they can get their, their tools sharpened. But let's just say that that's not available so, or they close down because, you know, they're a mom and pop store and they're not able to survive the, the economic hardship. 
So where are people going to sharpen their tools? So you have the tools to sharpen saws and axes and chainsaws. And, and so you're able to do that and offer that service and barter that off or that skill off, right? What about construction? Maybe there's trim. Somebody's trim is starting to fall apart and you need to replace that. Or maybe someone has a leak in their roof and you have the ability, the skill to find out where that leak is and you're able to, uh, you know, fix it temporarily or, or as much as you can. What about plumbing? You know, even in a situation where the poop has hit the fan and the fabric of society and, and all of that kind of stuff is, is people are still going to have plumbing issues, right? What about le- electric repair and, and being able to repair lights in, in, in somebody's living room or whatever it might be? I'm just throwing out a lot of skill-based type things that people would be willing to to use or trade for uh, because they would need these items. Let's just say, you know, people are starting to ride a lot more bikes because gas is so expensive and you just have skills at uh, repairing bikes, you know, and you have the tools, you, you have what, uh, you know, what is needed to be able to repair a bike. And then we also talked about what people long for. So maybe you have the ability to make sweets, you know, whatever that might be. Uh, maybe you have uh, some fruits in, you know, in your backyard or you grow fruits and, and, and you're able to make a, a sweet jelly that people can put on bread. And for, you know, a lot of people that would be this, uh, you know, something that they would really truly long for uh, in, in a situation where they weren't able to just go get the sweets that they normally wanted. I remember reading one of uh, James Wesley Rawls's books. I think it was the one after Patriots, but I'm not for uh, for certain. Maybe it was Patriots, where, where a, a mother, I think at this point she's a single mom or whatever. Um, her her mom, who understood what was happening and things like that, talked to her about making root beer, and so people were like. You know, when when people found out she had a little trading post going on, and when people found out she had root beer, they were like all about wanting to trade just for one, you know, one bottle of root beer because you know it took them back to a time before everything went crazy, and they, you know, before that they're not all they're drinking is water and maybe flavored water with lemon or whatever it might be. And so that is something that someone would long for, right? A soda of some sort or a root beer that would be tasty for some someone. So to get your head maybe kind of like thinking, you might want to visit farmers markets if you if you have any available to you around you. And not only just for like the uh, you know the the great fruits and vegetables that you can buy, but just for the scene just to kind of see the scene and how things go down. Right now, people are trading money for fruits and vegetables, but you could see how people would trade other items that they're looking for. Maybe you go to a craft show. You know, my neighborhood has a a craft show. Actually, the church outside my neighborhood has a craft show as well. And they fill up the whole parking lot, you know, with a bunch of booths and people go and and they set up. And you can kind of see a lot of the times it's artsy stuff and people are making, you know, little trinkets and things like that. And and people are buying those kinds of things. But uh, you might find, you know, just get, get an idea of what people are purchasing Maybe go to swap meets and uh, if you have any of those available right now and you start uh, 
you know, you start you start to see get an idea of how things start to go down and what it might look like. But the thing here is, is I'm getting ready to, to end this is start asking now if people are willing to barter or trade um, for items for your skills or for whatever you might have. So I know that there's been times where I have traded advertisement on Prepper website for my chicken coop, right? So it was one of those, you know, uh, suburban type chicken coops, whatever, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one that you would find out on a farm or anything, but, uh, just a backyard chicken coop. And, uh, I remember trading, trading advertising, advertisement for that and, uh, you know, put it together. And that was the coop that I used when we had chickens, um, you know, and so you might have something that, uh, that you might, be able to do a skill. I remember uh, putting together websites back in the day and, and trading that out for uh, people. And I would ask them, um, you know, when we bought our house and we were uh, putting in, uh, you know, shades and, and blinds and different things like that, I noticed that the guy who, uh, who we were going to uh, work with, he had a, a website that he was like, it was one of these websites that was um, like a service from another company and he was paying a lot of money. And I'm like, man, I will make you a website where you can save a lot of money from here on out. You're not paying this other company and you, you know, in, in trade for, you know, doing, doing the blinds in my home. Um, I have bartered, uh, for instance, my, my son, uh, was going to Taekwondo. And so I bartered, I put together a website for, uh, the dojo and we, you know, they subtracted how many months off of uh, the, the fee that we were charged for that, you know, for doing the website. So you can start doing that now, right now, and, and getting into trading and bartering with other people to just kind of see what it's like and realizing that there are people out there that will trade and barter for skills and services, right? I know that people have... Uh, have traded renting, renting a home. And so the agreement was they uh, would rent a home for a, a very small amount of money in exchange for the person that was living there doing repairs on the home, uh, you know, up until a certain time. And so I know people have, have done that before. So think about now, you know, how can you barter and trade skills and services now maybe even items, excess items that you have and getting them out there. And you never know uh, what you might be able to find out there. And then you're developing a skill that in the future would be very, very valuable. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 704. Hey, like always, I'm going to link to these articles in the show notes. so You can go over and check them out. Um, both of these articles have a lot of links and interesting things that you'll want to go check out. So I highly recommend that you go and do that. And then don't forget, if you want to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. 
Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.